you know, they talk about you are what you eat and you also are what you think and you are what you're consuming every day into your brains. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. Today's a special pleasure of mine because I have an in-studio guest today. <laughs> I've known this dude, geez, I think we played baseball when we were in our teen years a lot, and basketball especially, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Chris Cizak, dude, yeah, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, man. It's uh, It's been a long time. You know, when we first met at... Uh, uh, you know, and then seeing you kind of where you've progressed to now, I'm just so excited and happy for you, man. Thank dude, you for having me on. Dude, I'm excited. You bet. I, uh, I'm grateful for you being here because you got a lot of cool things going too. And I, I'm, I didn't even read your bio. I didn't even do the show right today. Right. Because you're right <laughs> here in front of me, which is <laughs> yeah. awesome. So I, you've got 20 years of success in the hospitality industry, hospitality and service, which is awesome. I've known that, you know, and you and I, I know really didn't even see each other for like a decade either yeah, around probably, that, yeah. but then proven leadership and people development, team growth. I mean, founder of Holy Granoli, which I think is what we're talking about today. Isn't yes, it? Sir. Yeah, that's yes, awesome. Sir. Interesting name, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I really do. And yeah, actually, it's a really cool name. I, I've been getting great feedback. I was really apprehensive about it at first, and I was like, I don't know how people are going to respond to this, but uh, so far, it's been a great response across the board. So uh, excited to that's uh, awesome. Bring it to the market. I, uh, you also earned best beer bar in Chicago. What was that? Oh, it was uh, it was at the World of Beer in Evanston. That was a franchise I was working with at some point, and um, you know, we just got really deep into providing awesome beer experiences for people through you know uh, different varieties, different exclusive products. We we really got into um, being really educational about beer and teaching people because that was kind of when craft beer was really starting to take off. So yeah. Um, and really just trying to do to the best we could with with the products we had and and you know what's beautiful about craft beer is like these are independent small business operators they have created their dream of a, of a brewery and then we're taking it scaling it out and trying to push it out to to communities to have people come out and try and and build things up and uh you know one of the great stories uh was uh the founders not your father's root beer it was such a small, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. So they were so that good too. Yeah, really good, very strong. Uh, the ten percenter was one that we took on early on. A, yeah, you know, we we, we yeah. gave these guys an opportunities. That it was a, an older gentleman dropping it off in his van. He was dropping us off kegs, and we put it up, and we were promoting it. Uh, and it, it it was definitely part of the reason they started to you know grow and 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 really they became national. I think they got bought out at some point, but dude, that's incredible. So you were behind the whole founders deal then too. Uh, or was it just the not your father's root beer part? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, phenomenal because yeah. yeah, that did take off huge. It's huge, and I, yeah. I see that in bars. I see that in a lot of barbecue joints nationwide too. I don't know why it's in barbecue joints a lot, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It root fits. beer, barbecue, maybe it does. Yeah, there's a barbecue joint right down the road that sadly closed because of COVID. I'm sure this is going to work into our conversation today too yeah. yeah yeah but they you know as much as i hate the word pivot you know they didn't 
because you know, pivot became a lot of pivoting and that's what they were doing was pivoting and then they ever never actually made that past tense that we pivoted right, right. they just sort of just were behind in their actions taking that action and trying to do yeah. what they needed to do to stay open dude they didn't even get on doordash or uber eats yeah. until like three months into the pandemic last year yeah and it, no shit why the hell didn't you know how, how could they stay open if that was the case yeah yeah in my current role i'm in sales and and kind of consulting uh for a broadline food distributor and you know you see this with a lot of operators you know we're yeah. coming in with solutions and ideas to help you be on trend make more money uh you know all these different things ways to market you know you're bringing all this these gems to people and a lot of times, you know, they just they just don't see the opportunity. They don't understand it. They're scared of it. I, there's probably yeah. a million reasons why they don't act upon uh, some of these things. And 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 just just like you said, when people didn't adapt, and then they're trying to catch up on the DoorDashes and the Uber Eats. Something for some it was too late. You know? Yeah, and it was unfortunate. I could sort of see it from the perspective of them because I mean, DoorDash and Uber Eats they take like thirty percent, correct, right, of yeah. the price. But I mean, that model's not an old model either. No, you know, my field like in the iTunes, like the iTunes App Store from Apple. Yeah, they freaking take thirty percent of the revenue. It's like yeah. the it's just like the tax almost to be on that platform, but they're providing you so much more exposure. Hundred percent, and there's ways to mitigate that thirty percent. You know, customers are. Willing Willing to pay a little more for the convenience Everybody of getting it delivering to their house. Because yeah. they couldn't even go to the restaurant. Right. So of course, if they want the food, they're going to pay more yeah, for it. And even pre-COVID, so you you could you could mitigate that and, yeah. and get some of that down. But you know, it's just it, it's being open-minded, looking at things from different perspectives, and and there's you know. The possibilities are out there and the people, a lot of people did succeed and yeah. they did pivot or adapt or, you know, just, just continue to evolve and create different ways to, to make money. And, that, you know, I think that's one of the biggest and best things that has come out of the uh, pandemic is, you know, our ability, we all know now, my goodness, no matter what happens, we're going to survive. We're going to find a way to make this business yeah. keep going. And, and there was many businesses that actually did better through the pandemic than they did pre-pandemic uh, for in, sure in many ways you know a lot of them you know they added all the seating outside with tables and tents and then their their delivery services skyrocketed especially those that were on it pre-pandemic many many businesses were doing you know 25 percent of the business through the delivery services uh and still being profitable still making money uh you know you take a little hit but yeah um, you know it's we can we can really achieve a lot when when we're put, pressed into a corner, right? Dude, and we right have to on. Figure it out. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine who's who's actually my very first client in the cyberspace. He's the one that pushed me over the edge to actually go out on my own. You know, and he yeah. th it's funny because he thought I was going to be. He did the same thing with his. Uh, auto mechanic and his auto mechanic started a shop. He's like, yeah, he's doing great. You need to do the same thing. Yeah. And then when he saw my face on the NASDAQ jumbotron, he's like, I didn't know you're going to be like this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but last year he owns uh, six Buffalo wild wings franchises yeah. and they did 70% of their revenue during the course of the pandemic from 2020 compared to 2019. Mm -hmm. And that was without alcohol sales, dude. That's awesome. Because it was incredible. And yeah. plus he ended up, I mean, his profits were actually, his net profit was actually higher because during this time to fulfill all those orders, now he didn't have to have servers on staff, you know, and yeah. this was, uh, I'm talking from an owner's perspective here. Of course, right. it's very... Uh, 
I hated seeing everybody getting laid off. And right. so did he, because yeah. that's the kind of person he is. But in order to keep the business alive, yeah. he was, our, like you were saying, he was already on DoorDash. Correct. He was already on Uber Eats. Yeah. You, know? you, you had to change your model. Yeah. You had to change the way you operate. And that, that did come down to a kind of a skeleton staff, a handful of people in it your kitchen. It was like four people. Yeah. That's yeah, it. A yeah. manager and three other people, he was saying, per store. Correct. So going from 500 employees down to a staff of four whenever they were open yeah. across these six locations. And he's doing 70% of what he was doing yeah, the previous yeah. year there, without the alcohol. Correct. Yeah. It's it's There's a lot of those success stories and people who just would not refuse to lose. We're going to find a yeah. way, right? That's it. Um, and. And that's that story is is you know they're a little bit bigger Buffalo Wild Wings it's a franchise but you see a lot of these owners have been it's an owner and a manager and an employee have yeah, now dude. been forced to actually operate their business day to day um, because there there's just wasn't you know enough revenue coming in to yeah. support more staff and uh on the flip side now is the time everybody needs more staff uh, <laughs> and that's the struggle and the new that kind is. of crisis that everyone's dealing with is uh getting getting this you know um getting these people off the bench and getting them back into the workforce yeah uh, i know he's struggling with that too on the on the flip side of that conversation now that yeah. everything is back open in chicago uh, he that 500 employee mark he's sitting at about 300 employees trying to staff his stores yeah. So, I mean, that's, it might not sound, oh, we still got 300 people for everybody who's listening, but that's still only, that's a 40% dip in your labor force. Right. It's, and it's not that he's not bringing people back. He needs this other 40% yeah, to yeah. operate his restaurants at full capacity. Yeah, Rick, it's a huge crisis right now. I mean, I, I got people begging me to like, can you help me find people? Can you help yeah. me find people? And it's, I've got guys who just have brand new built out restaurants ready to open and they have two employees and no one's showing up to interviews. No one's really applying. Uh, it's, it's really stagnating the, the kind of recovery of the economy uh, with, with people not wanting to come back into the workforce. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, man. Yeah. I mean, there's millions and millions of people on unemployment. We need those people back in the workforce. And I, I don't have the answer, but uh, it's definitely something that, that needs to be addressed in, in some way, whether through policy, whether through, uh, whatever the case may be. So. Well, we still got, I mean, I'm not, let's just talk basic economics. It's not right. even politics. If you're getting federal subsidies for unemployment and that person is making more now, not working, right. they have more money going into their bank account now, not working or yeah. lifting a finger at all. It's a little bit difficult from a psychological perspective to say, hey, can, why don't you come back to work and make less? 100%, 100%. And I try to think back to is like when I was in my mid 20s, and if I was making that type of money staying home and the summer's coming up, yeah. am I going to go work? Eh, I don't know. You know, I know. You know it's, but, but really, people need that. They need to get back out and get into yeah. the workforce. And even if it's part-time, it would be, uh, you know, it would really help a lot of these businesses. And it's not just the restaurant industry. You know, drive through any kind of uh, area like we're in here where there's a lot of warehouses and different things and, yeah. and office buildings. You see nothing but hiring signs. Yeah, dude. You know, it's just... Uh, there's a shortage now there in is. almost every industry. Yeah. That's yeah. because people are sitting on their lazy asses at home. <laughs> I, I'm just being straight up. You know, because I think back, right, to when I was... I was departing Best Buy when I was working there, right? Mm -hmm. I, was a, I was a regional manager for sales and I had moved over from Geek Squad to the, the B2B side of this. I wrote the freaking sales playbook, man, for B2B, for Best Buy. And when they were eliminating that division, 
I had like a 30 day notice, right? And I just came off of an FMLA leave because my twins were born. Right. 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 I, t- I knew this was coming and they were just completely eliminating this division. And so I, it was good timing for me because I was able to take the six weeks off and be with my twins. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. But then when I came back, they were only legally required to keep me for 30 days. So I remember going there. And by this time, dude, all my bosses were gone. You know, my, yeah. <laughs> my directors, my regional vice presidents, they were all gone yeah. at this point because it was just, the whole division was just tanked, you know. And my new boss, who was one of my peers just six weeks prior because he just kind of like default was chosen for this thing, yeah. for this new director role for, you know, to manage really just himself and one other person. He's like, mm-hmm. Rick, you know, next 30 days, like, I don't even care if you come to the office, man. You know, he's like, nobody's going to give you a severance, even though I was there for seven years. Yeah. I was with Best Buy for seven years. I was like, there's no severance with this stuff. You know, I know they offered you an assistant manager role in one of the stores. I'm like, retail? Yeah. Like, I did that gig, right? right? Well, and and well, look what you built for them. You know, exactly. Kind of loyalty is that, you know, and that's right on. That's but the, for him, it was the 30 day thing. I looked at that as so temporary, man, because I, of course I could have gone on unemployment. You know, I could have done all these other things and just sat on my ass at home for six months, you know, thinking, yeah. oh, I'm pulling in money. But those 30 days, and I hope, dude, that people that are listening, it's when I say get off your lazy ass, get back to work because the economy needs a flow of money. Right. Money has to keep moving in order for the economy to be sparked where it needs to be. Yeah. Take the time that you have right now, but don't just be like, ah, I'm getting paid. That 30 days, dude, I'm like, I need to get my crap in order. Yeah. I need to get, and that's when I started putting everything in line to just launch my own IT consultancy. Yeah. You know, forming a corporation, getting, you know, doing bank accounts, getting a merchant account so I could accept credit cards, yeah. getting everything, start calling clients that no longer had a home. And like I said, Buffalo Wild Wings was my very first one. I'm like, dude, division's going away. This is what I'm doing. I'm finally doing it. You push me yeah. and I'm doing it. He's like, awesome. I'm your first one. I'm there in. There you go. He yeah. better be. <laughs> exactly. He better be. Yeah, but that's the thing. I hustled, dude, for thirty for those 30 days. Yeah. I didn't just sit home playing freaking Xbox or PlayStation or some crap like that. Yeah. I had money. I had twins to care for. Yeah. It's, it's you know, not everybody's built like us. The same thing happened to me uh, when I got let go of this kind of toxic restaurant group that, you know, I was, it, it really drove me, the toxicity of that company drove me to kind of looking for more information where I got into, you know, reading books, the podcast, the leadership stuff. It it drove me to that. And when I got let go from them, I had already started my business plan for Holy Granoli. Right on. And, and I was just, I took it as my job now is I'm going to the library and I'm going to build this out. I'm going to get everything lined up. And, and that was, that was years ago. And, and and I've been looking for locations and looking for things. And obviously the pandemic happened. Uh, but it's those moments like that when you get kind of blindsided and you're like, what, what happened here? Yeah. I thought it was in a good place. And now you, you just, you know, you got it kicked in the back and you're like, well, let's figure this out. Now I'm done. With, I'm done depending on other people. I'm going to do this for myself. So that's very cool. similar stories where, you know, it's those moments in life where you just you just you got to do something else because yeah. the, the people have let you down so many times uh, after all the investment of time and energy and turning businesses around uh, and the restaurant industry is, is tough like that. You know, it, it's not an industry where you get oftentimes you get kind of used for a certain period of time. And then once, you know, once you kind of run your course and you've built their business, they're like, Oh, you want more money now? 
never mind. We'll see. We'll find someone else. Yeah, I hear you. you. Know? So um, that's something, you know, those are some of the kind of underlying motivators for me also creating a company, being through some of that toxicity uh, through the restaurant industry and um, wanting to create something better, better culture, better, you know, a big thing that I want to do that that is really back for the, the people that helped me build this company as, as we start to grow is profit sharing. You know, it's, it's just, how can I, how can I give them some skin in the game? Yeah, because I yeah. know how much time and effort and energy it takes to run restaurants. You know, there's so many moving parts. There's so much, so many difficult things you deal with every day. I, I want to make sure and take care of the people who are going to help build this company. And, and that's what I would have wanted when I did this for other people. So, yeah, you no know, doubt. Th that's one of the kind of one of those underlying motivators uh, from a culture and a, and a, a uh, just a people part of it. Yeah. I know? bet you a lot would have no issues coming back to work right now. If that was the case. Yeah. Majoritively, no. if a lot of owners would be like, I, I just want to take care of my people. I got profit sharing because now they would come back and be like, cool, if I can help them make money, I can make more money too. 100%. I don't have to depend on the unemployment because now it's up to me. Right, right, 100%. And uh, so that, that's that's one of the reasons, you know, I'm starting to build this uh, this company and I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm fired up because... Uh, there, there's just so so much opportunity now. Yeah. The, the the restaurant industry is starting to come back, and people want to gather and they want to eat together and celebrate and do all those things. Uh, and it's, it's we miss it, man. Yeah, everybody misses it. It's like it's it's a part of human nature. We need to be with people and, and others. So uh, it's just an exciting time with that. And uh, I'm fired up. You know, I'm fired Good, up. Good, dude. Yeah, you've been in the hospitality industry 20 years, man, and I would consider you successful. Yeah. I hope you consider yourself successful. I do. I do. It's and it's it's all part of the learning lesson. Yeah. You know, you take those bumps and bruises and you work those 70-hour weeks and all that commitment and time has led to this moment and me being able to launch my own thing, you know. And that's that's where I'm speaking to those kids that yeah, are dude. sitting at home on unemployment, those 20-something-year-olds. Get in the game. You know, come out here, learn something, build your interpersonal skills, learn how to talk to people. You know, social media, everyone's text, 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 you know, but the interpersonal skills, I think is something the younger generation needs to probably work on a little, right? They need yeah. to kind of get out there and, and, and the restaurant industry is, is something that'll challenge you. It, it'll, it'll teach you a lot of lessons and, and that's how, you know, you get to where you want to ultimately go. You know, you yeah. may be starting off in an entry level position now, but it's just part of your journey. And you, who knows where that journey may take you. And, you know, it's funny when uh, we were together just the other day, um, that bartender was talking about, she was like, I want to bartend. And that's like kind of my passion. And I really, I'm happy for her, but I, she's such a young little, you know, she was yeah. young and you're like, girl, you don't even know what's going to inspire you down the road. It's yeah, great yeah. that you're inspired on this now. And it's great that you're in a place where you're learning to talk to people. You're learning to take care of people uh, in, in many different ways. But she probably has a lot more in store for her than she even realizes, right? No doubt, for sure. Yeah. She was like young, young 20s too, man, yeah. like early 20s. Yeah. And I, she's fantastic. I mean, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a restaurant that well, you met Joe and Dan, and yeah. they just opened that four months ago too in the midst of all this chaos. Yeah. And they're giving people jobs, which is awesome. But yeah, the, you're right, because early 20s, it's... I didn't really know what I wanted to do. No, you yeah. don't. You know, but you got to get out there and do something. That's you it. You know, you got to get out there and do something. And then that's what we need right now. 
uh, in the industry and business. And, and these kids need to learn, you know, get out there and, and, and take on some responsibility, learn some new things, challenge yourself because fall on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, every, you know, yeah. we talk about it all the time, you know, in order to get where you want to go, you're going to take a lot of bumps and bruises, yeah. you know. Dude, how would you feel if, uh, if fear wasn't a factor and you felt like you couldn't fail? It's a little bit of a trick question, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that is a trick question and it's a good question. And, um, you know, over time I've, I've been fighting through those fears and now I'm, I'm kind of the point where I feel in life where I don't want to say I'm not going to fail yeah. because it's going to happen. You're going to have bumps and bruises. But I just know no matter what happens, I'm going to push through and get through and get to where I want to go and get what I need to get, you know, and build what I what I need to build for for myself, for the people around me, for the communities we're going to serve. So failure really, it, it I mean, it's going to happen, but it's not, it should never stop you or fear, sorry, from doing anything because it, it's just you can't, you can't be scared, Rick. I, I just, I, I've kind of had this mindset change and, you know, all through this process, when I start telling people, Hey, I'm opening a restaurant, you know, and I was kind of looking for a little bit of uh, money from some of my family. Like, Hey, you know, I just need a few bucks here or there. Let me help me to even put a this pat little... on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're more looking at you like, are you nuts? What are yeah. you doing? Why are you going to open a restaurant right now? And I was just so focused in on fire. Like, you know, it never a thought yeah. of fear or, or questioning whether I should or shouldn't do this. It never came into my yeah. mind because uh, when the, the things fall into place and, you know, just it's just that feeling of when you're on fire. And I'm sure you're in that mode now where you just have so many good things happening for you. Um, you're very focused. You know what's going on. I'm in that boat too, and in, in, in this, in kind of my direction with opening this restaurant and um, and really creating a brand and a, a larger company that's going to benefit uh, everybody. That's awesome. You're right, dude. Because it's the momentum that creates the success. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. in that momentum too, there's there's bumps along the road. Yeah. I've never had anything, and I've had some freaking big losses. I'll call it that. Right. Yeah. Failures, if you want to call them that, sure. Yeah. You know, falling on my face, that's cool. But dude, I'm not dead. Yeah, <laughs> which means that I can keep going tomorrow. Yeah, you know, yeah. everybody. There's nobody around me that's dead, which means that I can keep going tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, reality we, check. Yeah, I mean, we got to be grateful for what we have. There's so many people in the world who don't have the possibilities we have yeah. in this country. It's all around us. It's just you got to go get it. And, and that's up to you as a person uh, and, and not to get derailed or sidetracked when, yeah. when something doesn't go perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. You know, you adapt, yeah. you pivot, you know, however you want to call it, you just kept, keep pressing forward. Dude, talking about failure so much, how do, how do you define success for you? <sighs> really making the um, most positive impact I can on my family my friends, everyone around me, you know, with this restaurant on the communities we serve, um, it really trying to, to, to make the world a better place in some way. And so I know it sounds cheesy, but how can I impact people and in, in, in a positive way? And it's just kind of one of my mantras is, you know, is how, you know, please, it's kind of a prayer I, I, I kind of do too, is like, you know, please Lord help me, uh, impact myself and the people around me. And I'm, I'm kind of, I didn't lay it out as perfectly, but essentially that's, that's my direction is like, how do I impact myself and the people around me in a positive manner and move forward and get better every day? I love that, man. Yeah. So that's, so it, that's the focus. 
I know with your your concept, holy granola, because you you mentioned something before the show, and then you say, you alluded to it here that you like you want to build something bigger beyond that, and that was like franchise. You know, you've opened twelve franchise locations, right? I have, you've I got- have, yeah. I've worked with various franchise, opened them from uh, the ground floor, and that's kind of what I'm teeing this concept up to be. And and you know, holy granola uh, is going to be unique in many ways, and I can't wait to have you come out and see it. Um, but we're really focused uh, on providing a, just a, a better food experience for people. You know, there's part of the, another one of the main passions behind this is I kind of got really nerdy into um, what's in our food. You know, what the what the preservatives and the additives and all these things um, we've been kind of fed for so long that are absolutely terrible for us. Mm-hmm. You know, the high fructose corn syrups, the, you know, a lot of the refined uh, products that we eat, it's just really bad for, for the body and, and for the world and for our country. And um, I, I, I kind of, part of it started off with, you know, my parents kind of getting into some health issues and me trying to find out how can I help them maybe through changing their diet? Yeah. Because there's yeah. so much power in, in food as medicine. And, and so that's kind of, was kind of my driver as well as kind of, you know, how do I, how do I, how can I help my dad, you know, lower his blood pressure and, and help his heart situation, um, through the things he eats. And, and you know, we're talking about a, a stubborn Polish immigrant dad who, you know, grew up on meat and potatoes. So try to change his diet. And he is, <laughs> is, is I love meat and potatoes. I do too. I do too. But you know, uh, not every day, not every day. Right. And, uh, so it just, it's, um, that, that's, that's where some of this st- stemmed from is how do we provide better food, uh, for our community. I grew up in Bolingbrook where our first location is going to be, um, and, and we're going to create something really exciting and new with uh, uh, just a, a better way of eating and being conscious about it. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, how food, what we eat really impacts everything. It impacts your neighbor. It impacts, pe- you know, everyone you know. It impacts the environment. You know, I got nerdy into that as well and just really started seeing, like, where does our food come from? You know, why why is it this way or what is it this way and how can we be better um, you know, watching a lot of different documentaries on food and and trying again incorporate all these things and ideas and thoughts into a restaurant concept that's more sustainable, that has healthier food, cleaner labels, less preservatives, you know, functional foods and and things that when you eat just have a higher, you know, density of nutrition. So you may be eating the same type of burger or whatever it is, but we've thought through every element of that burger and how can I make this better for you, Rick, when you come and eat this burger, that it's better for you. You know what I mean? So Dude, burgers can totally be good for you. Yeah, they can. I get, a, I get a grass-fed cow every year. Yeah, from Michigan, you know, just raise a, even the care of the animals. There is something 100%. that goes into what makes it even taste so good because the animal's not stressed. Well, yeah, and that you know that toxicity when those animals are fed crap and yeah. they're stressed because they're tied into a little you know space and that. When you eat that stressed meat, it puts it puts toxins in your body that your body has to fight off, you know. And and those those things is when you start thinking about those things and and how they impact the environment, how they impact the world, you know. We just we want to be we want to be in a different place and kind of change change the the way things are looked at. And it, it's not easy, still, you know, to to get grass not grass fed beef, but really or all organic or all yeah. different things like to to find. To find all that in a restaurant setting from from broadline distributors is still a little difficult, but we're gonna 
we're really gonna dial this thing in to, to just be a better concept, better food for people. You think the distributors are gonna catch on to this? Is this a, really just a wave that you know dudes like you gotta start? And then they might pick up on it later on and say, hey, maybe this is what people really want. It, it is, and, and the, 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 the Broadline distributor I work yeah. for is actually really good at that. And they're really ahead of trend, and, and that's part of my inspiration too, is they're, they're releasing these products. The problem that I see is a lot of, again, operators aren't taking advantage and seeing that people do want these products. Yeah. All the data and all the research shows that people want something a little healthier. They're more conscious about where their food comes. They want to they they want to impact you can impact your environment. You can impact the world by how you eat. And uh and so there are and it's 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 coming along and it's it's definitely an exciting time for for you know restaurants and and for myself at least to try to implement as much of this as I can into this concept. Sweet. So what can you tell me about it right now? I know you signed your lease a little bit ago, right? Yes, Just like a yes. month ago, wasn't it? Yeah, That's it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got my first uh, first draft design from the architect uh, yesterday. So we're working through that kind of, it's kind of unique concept is there's two concepts within the concept. So there's like a quick service um, element. So like a kind of like a Chipotle style counter service, you know, order at the counter, pick up and, and head out. So in that element of it, we'll call it Holy Granoli Express. You know, we'll have things like um, we're going to do some smoothies, some some good smoothies, some things with some some health elements against functional foods of being able to add more nutritional content. You know, I, I start my day every every day with a, a, a really nutritional green smoothie. And it's got things like flax seeds and chia seeds and all these things into it. Man, I, I have one of those smoothies in the day. It carries me to at least 11 to 12 o'clock without eating any breakfast. Nice. Yeah. And there's just so much nutrition in there. Uh, so we're, we're going to do some smoothies. We'll do some fresh parfaits with fresh fruit and, and really a high quality uh, yogurts. We'll do, you know, some obviously some coffee drinks and, and some, please, you know, some definitely some, some Good higher God, end. Please, and, yeah. Uh, some coffee drinks, uh, you know, lattes and, and all those types of the fun stuff that people love. Uh, and so that express will also have some quick service breakfast, lunch options. Again, uh, if really focusing on the ingredients and wanting to make sure that everything that goes into these dishes is, is really high quality. Uh, and then give gives your body something back, you know, when yeah. you pay for it. So that's cool. So you're going to have a, a traditional. Is there traditional table service? There will uh, be. Yeah. So that's the second element. And so then, so you know, you walk in the door. You're going to go to the right. If you're if you're there for a quick service type of uh, uh, you know experience, you can come in, come to the counter, order what you need, and head out. Uh, through the other door to the left is going to be a full service breakfast lunch concept. Um, you know, I'm really into global flavor profiles. I, I want to incorporate a lot of, you know, the things really Americans love, you know, uh, all types of global, the Asian global flavor profiles, the, the Hispanic global fla uh, fla flavor profiles, excuse me, I can't speak, um, and incorporate a lot of that into the dishes, you know, and a lot of people are doing those things and, and different types of fusions and, yeah. um, but, but we're going to try to be really creative. You know, I, I love food. I'm a foodie. You know, this is another kind of early on motivation for me. I started kind of cooking at home, probably in 10 to 12 years old. Uh, just getting in the kitchen and making foods that I like. And, and I've carried that passion on now. I, you know, I tell a lot of people, I, I really don't watch TV shows. I watch food shows that I can learn things from. I'm on YouTube scrolling through chef videos to, to learn different techniques or understand ingredients. Like that's, I'm so consumed in the food side 
uh, and wanting to express this in a restaurant. Like I've had this urge to to build this new or exciting concept with with better ingredients and 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 cool flavor profiles and and more creativity for a very long time. And, Dude, and now it's that. yeah, it's coming to fruition now and um I'm excited. I, I, you know, I, I, I can, when I get so pumped up about this, I got to like calm myself down because I could, I could really, uh, yeah, I upset some people too. when that happens, it's like, I want things to happen right now. Right. Yeah. And it's, a, you know, it's, um, I've been told it's like, I'm like, we, we need to build the plane as we fly it. And it's like, can we at least have, you know, some wings first? Yeah. You know, we don't necessarily need the rest of the body, but maybe just one engine yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. might help us a little bit. And, and then the, as, as entrepreneurs, we have to keep pushing the momentum yeah. forward. You know, you, you just, at least if it's one more step towards the goal, one more step towards the goal. And, um, that's kind of how this, this lease negotiation happened for me too, is like, I, I went, uh, next door, actually, I was picking up a tux for a wedding and I saw a sign on this door. I'm like, it's like, oh, it's open. And I peeked in, I'm like, wait a minute, this is perfect. Yeah. So, you know, I, I made the call and it took six months to get to that final lease signature. And then, um, in some days I still can't believe it. You know, it was just, it was just little steps. There's one little step after another, after another. Next thing you know, we're, we're signing a lease. Next thing you know, I've got the architect coming in. I've got the GC on deck, you know, he's ready to get started. So, um, anybody can do this, you know, you know, people who just get out there and do it. If, if you want something bad and if you're passionate about something for me, it's like, I've been in this business all my life. I love food. I love people. You know, I, I've learned so much about nutrition and what's better for people. I just want to explode it all out into a restaurant for you and for everybody we know, you know, and as, as you know, this passion comes out and I talk to people about it. Um, a lot of people are excited about this and that makes me excited too, because they, they feel where we're going and, and they, they want this type of experience that I'm kind of painting right now. So, yeah, man, how do you feel about this with like the future of your family? <sighs> Elaborate on that question. Does it worry you? Does it excite you? Cause I mean, you're kind of going all in on this thing. hundred percent. You know? I, was gonna, I didn't want to <laughs> you know? use that here, but I was like, Rick, I'm all That's in a hundred percent. I know you this. are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm excited. They're excited. I, I'm teaching my kids right now is, you know, I'm like, Hey, look at this architectural yeah. design. You know, we're opening a restaurant, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I want them to be like, Hey, we have to up our game. All of us, we're going to be business owners in this community. You know, we have a responsibility to the people here and how we act and how we present ourselves each day. Um, so, you know, the whole way, you know, I'm, I'm telling, I'm talking to them as their adults, like, Hey, I'm in a lease negotiate. Be, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm negotiating a lease. I got this, that, whatever case may be. They, you know, they're, they're eight, nine and five and, um, they don't necessarily know, but they know we're starting a business, right? Yeah, they man. know we're doing something. And, you know, a lot of the, I talk to them like this all the time, you know, a lot of things that I learned from your show or some other podcasts or books that I read, I just talk to them as if they need to know this, you know, they need to know this information. And it's awesome to see when, when they're actually hearing it and feeling it. Like, so I took my daughter to, um, sorry, squirrel here for a second. Uh, uh, <laughs> I took her at Good Christmas man. time to, to the dollar store. She's like, can I go to the dollar store and buy everybody a few gifts for Christmas? I'm like, sure. You know, I gave her a few bucks. And, and it brought a tear to my eye when, when I opened up what she bought for me, it was this little itty bitty magnet. And it said, we rise by lifting others. 
I mean, that's the best present I've ever Dude. gotten in my life. But but that also tells me that she's hearing what I'm talking about because I'm constantly talking about things like that. Um, and it, it kind of gives me goosebumps right now. It's on the refrigerator. I see it all the time. But but for her at age eight to have absorbed a lot of this information that I'm talking to her about that's probably way above on some level what you would expect an eight-year-old to be able to absorb but, I mean, you you see, dude, like, you're you're making my day right now. Yeah, yeah. Man, it just it, it made my year. I'm like, yeah. I, I see it every day. I'm like, oh man, spot That's, on. I couldn't have got a better gift, and it was a dollar. Yeah. You know, no joke. I was at dinner the other day with uh with my family and my sister and my mom were there the first time that my mom's come out since everything started last year. You know, because she's got a husband who had a stroke a few years back, so he's like high risk. But I'm, I'm sitting there talking with my son, my 13 year old son about all of my acquisition plans mm-hmm. and he's asking questions and then he's throwing out terminology because you know he's actually part of the production here on the show too so he hears all the guests he does a lot of the video editing nice on this yes yeah, so, i mean you see everything that's up there hey that's my son that's, that's yeah. doing a lot of that i mean he's here right now actually over in production editing some of the really? previously recorded shows yeah wow. but he's asking these questions and he's picking up everything that yeah. all the guests are saying too so he's asking you know even using the right vocabulary for yeah. high level business acumen at 13 right and my my sister goes does he really understand all this i'm like yeah like uh, we underestimate kids too much man yeah 100 percent. eight years old 13 years old what does it matter doesn't matter Talk to them like they're adults it's it's you you know it's what you put in your brain yeah you know that's why when when we talk about these personal kind of growth journeys we've been on right when you're constantly listening to high level entrepreneurs and, and people who specialize in their field and you're soaking this in all day, that's all I do is my car. I'm, you know, I'm driving around to, from account to account doing different things and just absorbing all this great information. Uh, and it just, how can it not get you fired up? You yeah. know, and, and it's like, you know, they talk about you are what you eat and you also are what you think and you are what you're consuming every day into your brain. So, um, that that's definitely been a part of, you know, from my younger self to to myself now, uh, just two different people. I, I've evolved yeah. and just have a different mindset. And I actually have a question for you because I know you're kind of into Bring this it. too. Yeah. How, how How is it sometimes where when you learn something and you, you have some piece of information you're super excited about to share with people and you share it with a lot of people? Because I share your podcast often with a lot of people and you just don't get the excitement back. I'm like, how are you not pumped <laughs> up about this? Yeah, I hear you. Dude, <laughs> one thing I've noticed too is that different people are... Well, I'll put it this way. It's annoying AF (laughs) because you just, because it comes from a, what you're talking about really comes from a place of genuine compassion for everybody else because you're, yeah, yeah, you're so fired up about this new piece of knowledge. It's like, if only you could get this, it would change your life. Right. hundred percent. A hundred percent. All you have to do is keep going because I recognized a little while back that everybody is at a different place in their journey. Right. And a lot of things that I pick up on now that the reason I'm so open to it is because at one point in time I wasn't open to it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it took, and I don't, I can never count. I can never remember 
all the little bits and pieces that, you know, the, the single sentence out of that one book that I picked out 15 years ago that maybe would have sparked this whole thing. Right. I don't right. remember. I don't know what book it is. I have no idea, but it's been the, just this culmination of rewiring over time. Yeah. And some people can get it faster than others, which is fine because they might just be genuinely more open because of conditioning. Yeah. But another big thing too is environment, man. Because if that individual is in the wrong environment right now and it's hard for them to see it, yeah. it's like it's like a brick wall. Yeah. You're never gonna get through. Nothing's ever gonna yeah. get through to them until they can get out of whatever toxicity they're in at the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be a bad job, it could be a bad relationship, it could be just something that they've put themselves in, you know, some sort of addiction or something like that. But that's the environment that they've allowed to be created or even created themselves yeah. around them to where you know, there might be a point, and if it's a brick wall, one of those podcasts that you share yeah. might actually just punch out one single brick yeah. or a half a brick at some point. Yeah. yeah. You just keep banging against it, but That's then- a, I'll never stop. I mean, because I know can. it's good, yeah. and I'm trying to help you, and it comes from a place of sharing, or caring, sorry. Dude, it is frustrating. Um, but, because but yeah, and, and you know, like you said, may, maybe in our mid-20s, we might it might not have resonated with yeah. us at that time. So it's a timing thing for every person, every individual. It's just like you just want to you you just want to change yeah. someone's mindset or help them look at things differently because it does. It changes your life. It changes all your possibilities when when you when you kind of have that shift and you're evolving and you just you know you're open to it. You're you you look at it from a different perspective. You take a, a negative situation, a, a failure, a, a you know a fall on your face. And you turn that into a learning lesson. And this taught me something. And now I can move forward stronger and more knowledgeable, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of people get hung up on those failures or those, you know, those times where you get kicked in the back and, and they let it, let it slow them oh, down. Sure. They feel like, oh, well, I, see, it wasn't meant to be, or I wasn't meant to, to do that. That could be perfectly true. But you're totally meant to do something else right? that could be even better than what you were thinking at this point. And this was maybe there just to say, hey, this isn't for you. Yeah. And that's also okay. But look at this big, ginormous, amazing thing if you just freaking open your eyes to the other side of your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh but it, it's exciting, and I just you know I, I'm sure you've dealt with it, and I know I've dealt with it. Um, but but we keep you know we keep trying to you know the, like your podcast, you're constantly bringing great, awesome information to people, and um, thank you. It's yeah, it's it's it, I love it, I, I love it. And once you get on that journey where you just want to learn more and grow more, and uh, it, it's it's addicting, and I think it's the best thing you could be addicted to, right? How do I learn more? How Knowledge. do I be a better yeah. myself? How do I, you know? As um, long as you take action, right? That's, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it took me, you know, it, it took me time to take action, not because um, I wasn't ready for it. It took, you know, it's got to be the right timing, right? Of course. And, and you know, so I probably looked at ten or fifteen different restaurant properties before I finally have committed to this one and, and everything in this particular location uh, checked all my boxes. And, yeah. and that's why once, once that happened, I'm full speed ahead. Looking at those 10 to 15 properties right. is still taking action. Right. Right. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, that's it. Like keep yeah. the momentum going, keep looking. I know my family and friends are probably like, here we go again. Chris found another <laughs> restaurant property. <laughs> uh, and it freaks my wife out. I mean, she's, yeah. you know, but I think she's finally now 
coming along because it's most people are scared. Dude, she wouldn't a, respect you if you weren't the way that you are. Yeah. For yeah, real. Cause yeah. it, I mean, that's a, that it brings, I'm sure it brings fire to her life and I'm sure it pushes her too. Yeah. At the yeah. same time, I'm sure she balances you out to make you think twice about something that you might. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need, yeah, you need that little bit of yeah. a voice. Like, are you sure? Yeah. And sometimes when you're sure, you're sure. You For know? sure. So I was uh, at this point in time, despite it being in a pandemic and uh, probably not the best time for the restaurant industry. I just knew this 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 was all right. You know, yeah, it was the right yeah. timing, the right place. And uh, I, again, I'm just, you know, it's a long process. You know, you want this thing to open. You want to start construction. You want to start let, allowing people in to come see what you've built. Uh, so that it's it's a definitely. A, you gotta take deep breaths and relax because it is a process and it takes time. But but we're definitely uh, well along the way, and you know just just excited about it, man. Yep. I love it, dude. I appreciate you being on. I, uh, I think we can find you at LinkedIn. We'll put the, the link in the show notes. Is there a site for the restaurant yet? Uh, it's going to be holygranoli.com. It's not quite up yet. We're, we're kind of uh, getting there. It's spelled a little interesting. Uh, W-H-O-L-E-Y. So a lot of people, you know, it's not the traditional holy spelling. Yeah. Uh, and then granoli, uh, G-R-A-N-O-L-Y. Dot com. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I can't wait until you open. It'd be fun to do a live show there as just a follow-up too. Yeah. You know, like an on-premise. Would you be open to that? I would 100% cool. be open to that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thank you for being on today, my man. Of course. Thank you. I appreciate you having me out, man. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.